NHSN's updated definitions for COVID-19 vaccine reporting. A conversation with Deborah Wright. Good afternoon and welcome to our series of webinars focused on bringing you information about COVID-19 related topics. The information in these weekly webinars is geared toward long-term care and skilled nursing facilities, but we encourage everyone who is interested to attend. Today, we will be talking about NHSN's updated definitions for COVID-19 vaccine reporting. My name is Kathy Caudill. I'm a communications specialist with Quality Insights. And now I would like to introduce our guest today, Deborah Wright. Deborah is a quality improvement specialist here at Quality Insights. She recently joined our team after being in the long-term care industry for more than 30 years. Starting out as a nursing assistant and working her way through many positions, she has a wealth of experience in long-term care nursing and management. She's most passionate when working with the MDS process and quality improvement. Deborah, welcome and thank you for joining us again today. Thanks, Kathy. So Deborah, the definition of what it means to be up to date on your COVID-19 vaccine has changed yet again. Can you explain what all has changed? Sure, and, and you're right. It's it's a new quarter and the definition of what is up to date has changed. So even though the bivalent vaccine was approved a few weeks ago, remember that NHSN only changes their reporting guidelines on a quarterly basis. So we're now in their new quarter, which starts actually with this week's reporting period of September 26th to October 2nd, and we'll go until um, the end of December. So in the chat, Kathy's gonna drop, they actually just um, posted them, I think last night, um, on the NHSN website. So she's gonna post um, the updated vaccination module guidance in the, in the chat so you have that. So the, the new definition is, and, and this is considered for your residents as well as your healthcare personnel up to date, if they've completed their COVID-19 vaccine primary series and received the most recent booster dose recommended by CDC, which is the bivalent um, or Omicron booster. So they can achieve being up to date by meeting one of three criteria. First, they've completed their primary series in the last two months. And I know we've talked about this many times, but remember that the primary vaccine series is defined as the two-dose series of the mRNA vaccine, um, Pfizer, Moderna, or the, the newly released Novavax, or the single dose of Janssen & Janssen or the J&J &J, um, COVID vaccine. Or they've received one of the original monovalent boosters in the last two months. This would include their first booster, their second booster, or any additional doses. Remember that unless you have specific documentation indicating that an additional dose was administered due to them being moderately or severely immunocompromised, you should always assume that that extra dose was considered a booster dose. And the last one is they've received the updated bivalent booster dose. And, um, you know, this updated bivalent booster dose has added the Omicron BA4 and BA5 spike protein. So it's that's been added to the current vaccine comp composition to give and restore our protection and help protect us against the more um, variants that are more transmissible. So again, you have three things. In the last two months, you've either received your primary vaccine, 
you've received one of the original monovalent uh, booster doses, or you've received the bivalent booster dose. So does anyone have any questions on what does up-to-date mean before we um, move on to some examples? Okay, Deb, I got a question here for you. Where does the magical age of 50 come into play with the new bivalent vaccine? Yeah, and, and that's a good question. And, you know, we've all kind of put processes into place mainly to track our staff with their age. And now it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all because most of our staff and residents are over 12 and 18. So you don't need to, to worry about that magical age of 50 anymore. Okay, we got another question. Do we still need to give the monovalent boosters or the first and second booster before we give the bivalent booster? Another great question. And the answer is no. You know, we've done all this tracking to see when somebody is eligible for the first and their second booster. And we've watched for how old they are. And it really doesn't matter. Once you've received your primary series, two months later, you're eligible for the bivalent. And that's the dose you should you should get. Now, if you have received the booster or your additional dose, the only thing you want to watch is two months after you've received your latest dose, then you would be eligible for the bivalent. But you can go straight from the primary to the bivalent and be considered up to date. Okay, got one more question here for you. How long after we give the bivalent do we give it again? At this point, it's kind of one and done. Um, I'm sure next year at this time, we'll be having different conversations about that. But at this point, um, once you have the bivalent vaccine, you are considered up to date and there are no additional doses. Okay, that's all the questions we have so far. All right, great. So let's test our knowledge. Um, we have a couple um polling questions that are straight from the NHSN webinar that was done last week. So we'll put the first one up and as, all, as always, um, I'll read it just so it's available for the people that are listening in later. So the first one's up on your screen and it says, Tom received two doses of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine and one original monovalent booster dose of the Moderna vaccine four and a half months ago. He then received the updated bivalent booster dose of COVID-19 two months ago. Is Tom up to date? Okay, I'm going to end the poll. Most people said yes. Yep, and that is correct. Because Tom received the bivalent booster dose, he is considered up to date. Ready for question number two? Yep. Okay. So number two, Sandy received two doses of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine and one original monovalent booster dose of Moderna two and a half months ago. Is Sandy up to date? Most people right. said no. Yep. So that is correct because it's been more than two months since the um, booster dose of Moderna. Sandy would not be up to date because she has not received the bivalent dose and it's been more than two months ago. So this is where, again, just like we had with the timing between the first and the second booster doses and one week 
in your NHSN reporting, you could be 100% up to date and the next week you could be at 0%. You're just going to have to watch the timing of when um, your staff and residents become eligible and that magical two months has um, gone by. Hopefully you can time your vaccine clinics around that. Um, but that is, you know, that's where, again, one week you could be 100% and the next week you could be zero because once you hit that two months, it's kind of like a dead stop. You're no longer up to date. All right. So question number three, Frank received two doses of his Novavax vaccine with his last dose being received one month ago. Is Frank up to date? Most people said yes. Yes, Frank is up to date because he received his primary series and only one month has passed since his last dose. So he's not eligible yet for the bivalent. So therefore he is considered up to date until that two months um, would go by. So for the most part, it looks like everybody pretty much has this. So let's move on to how does this new change and up to date affect the pathway reporting? So you've done your vaccination reporting and now you're doing your pathway reporting. And basically it's exactly the same as what you've been doing, except you need to make sure that you're now looking at that two month timing of someone being eligible for the new bivalent booster to be considered up to date. Everything else is, is the same. Um, how many received the primary series, how many received additional or booster doses, and of those, how many receive two or more booster doses and are they considered up to date? Um, again, just like the other form that we put in the chat um, sometime yesterday, they did post all of these updated forms and tables of instruction for your resident and staff pathways and Kathy will be putting those into the chat. So that, that section is pretty much um, self-sufficient, but if anyone has any questions, again, please put them in the chat or raise your hand and um, we'll answer those. We're going to try to answer the, the questions per the topic before we keep going on to the next section. So, Kathy, you said there was a question um, from before. First question is, can you receive the bivalent vaccine along with the influenza vaccine? So yes, that's a great question. And um, the, the answer is yes, you, you can receive both at the same time. That is what CDC is recommending. Part of that, I think, is because they think if you're there once and you can get two, um, you're, you're getting covered with COVID and flu at the same time. So they are recommending that you can get them both at the same time. I have heard that um, some people may experience some increased side effects if you get both at the same time. So if you're doing your residence at the same time, you may want to talk to the medical director about, you know, prophylactic Tylenol or certain monitoring that you're going to do for those side effects. But yes, you can absolutely give both at the same time. Okay. The next question, can you repeat when this becomes effective in the reporting section for NHSN? So it is actually effective with this week's reporting. So it, it went in and was effective September 26th. So when you are doing your reporting next week, you would be looking at that information for this week's reporting. So it became effective September 26th. So your reporting week is September 26th to October 2nd, and it'll be um, for the reporting information that you're doing next week. Okay, let's see if there's any more questions. 
if someone tests positive, do we still need to wait the 14 days from the most current vaccine dose to consider them vaccinated? Yeah, great question. And the answer is yes. So if someone tests positive and you're doing your pathway reporting, then you need to look at when did they receive their most current dose? And if it has not been 14 days yet, then you can't count that dose um, when, when you're looking at that. So if there's somebody that has just received their second dose of their primary series and 14 days have not gone by yet, then you can't count them as completing their primary series. And the same with their boosters. You still have to have that 14-day wait time before you can count them in that section. Great question. And that's it for questions for right now. Okay. All right. So then the let's look at the person level or event level vaccination forms. What they're saying is if you use these forms, which again are optional, but if you use these person level, event level vaccination forms, what's supposed to happen is if you have those forms filled out completely, is that they will automatically apply this updated definition for this week's reporting period of October 26th to, or I'm sorry, September 26th to October 2nd. So they're going to add the updated bivalent Pfizer and Moderna to the booster drop-down boxes. Um, the, the one area that they are saying most facilities are going to struggle with is the enhanced security that they've added for this person level or event level vaccination form. So you're going to need to make sure that if you're going in there and you're not seeing something, you have to make sure that your security is set up the correct way. So in order to do that, only the facility administrator, the person who is listed in NHSN as the facility administrator can make that change. So they need to make sure that they go in. Um, I'm just going to read this because it's so I get the steps right. You, you're going to go into the boxes that are checked for staff visitor. And under add, edit, delete, and staff visitor, you want to view their rights and make sure that they're able to continue submitting the person-level staff vaccination data. Um, the other area that we need to watch for is how the person um, vaccination form is matched to other records in the NHSN components. So an example of that would be where you're putting your um, rapid test or the POC tool within NHSN, because those matches are determined by their ID numbers, name and date of birth. So they have to match in each module for the information to come across. So what they're saying is for existing records that were in, NH in NHSN before September 12th, records that have a perfect match across all the modules, they all should be auto-linked and their gender, race, and ethnicity should all be filled in. If it's not a perfect match, then you're going to have to go in and fill that information in manually the first time to make sure that it, it all matches across each module. Um, and then the same thing if they don't have a match. If they don't have a match or it's not filled in, you're going to have to go in manually and enter their gender, race, and ethnicity because that's now something they're, they're requiring in every module. 
if it's a record that's been added after September 12th, it's basically the same thing. You're, you're going to, the records that have a match can be linked by using the find and link button and records without a match, you'll have to go in and add that um, race, gender, and ethnicity manually and then save and submit it. So I think um, for the most part, everything in this section is also the same, should be updated automatically. The, the challenges are going to be making sure that everyone has the correct security um, options checked and making sure that if you're using other modules within NHSN and it includes the race, gender, and ethnicity, that all of that is, is filled in. And if it's not filled in the first time, because of mismatches, and you'll have to do that manually. Um, the other thing that I, I strongly recommend with this NHSN reporting is we are starting to see a number of facilities kind of fall off with their reporting for NHSN, and that's because whoever had access may, is no longer at the facility. So I strongly recommend that you have multiple people that have access. Maybe you only have one person who actually does the reporting, but make sure that you have people that have the, the SAM access to do your NHSN reporting because that process takes so long. And before you know it, it could be three to six weeks and you have no NHSN reporting, you're getting called from CMS or CDC or from us saying, you know, that you're missing data. And if you don't get it fixed quickly, we all know that then you're going to have those civil penalties. So just help protect yourself by having more staff have that SAM access. And if you don't remember how to do it, Kathy's going to drop um, a link in the chat of explaining how to do that enrollment process. But I just think it's real important that more people have that access. I dropped that link in the chat. And if anyone's listening to a recorded version of this later, I will always include links in the show description. All right, so let's see. This is, uh, can you clarify, upon administration of the bivalent dose, are you considered up to date immediately or after 14 days? For purposes of reporting in the pathway reporting, if you have a positive test, you have to have that 14 days. If you are just saying some, if you're doing your immune, if you're doing your vaccine reporting, they are up to date immediately. I know that may be a little confusing, but it's, it's more, you're up to date immediately unless that person has a positive test within 14 days of receiving that vaccine, then you can't count them in that. Okay. Another question. If we use the events level reporting, can we print this report? You know, I've had that question asked a couple of times, and I I think I've heard from others on this call that you cannot. If someone else is on this call, if, if you know how to print it, raise your hand and, and let us all know. But to my knowledge, the, the last time I worked with it, we were not able to print it. If anybody on this call knows differently, please, please share that with us. Yeah. And also, oh, someone has raised their hand. So I'm going to allow them to talk real quick. Okay. okay. Roxanne, you should be able to unmute yourself now if you want to speak. Yeah, I've um, highlighted it and copied and pasted it and it did work for me. So you actually have to highlight and copy it in and put it into a different Excel spreadsheet in order um, to save it? Yeah, that's what I did. Okay. 
Thank you for sharing. Great. Thank sure. you, Roxanne. Sure. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're all here to work together and help each other. <laughs> and we have one more question. This says, with the monovalent, once you received it, you were considered up to date. Is that the same for the bivalent? No waiting period. Uh, again, if you are reporting it in your vaccination modules, yes, you are automatically considered up to date. Where it becomes a little tricky is if the person that just received a vaccine becomes COVID positive from the date of receiving the vaccine before 14 days have gone by, that person is not considered up to date for reporting in the pathway reporting section. Okay, that's it for the questions so far. Kathy, I have one more thing because something was like hot off the press right before this call started. NHSN reporting and your um, healthcare personnel flu vaccinations. So there has been um, a number of discussions surrounding this and the what they're saying is they they basically want us to report the the employee flu vaccine into NHSN. Now, according to a call I was just on yesterday, there is still conversation as to whether this reporting is to be done weekly or a one-time um before May 15th of 2023. So I think we're still going to see more information coming on this, but as we are entering, I'm sure most facilities, if you haven't started, you're soon going to be giving your flu vaccines to your staff and residents. So I would start making sure that you have a way to track that because if they do say that this needs to be inputted mandatorily, inputted into NHSN on a weekly basis, you're going to want a way to track that. Right now you can do it, but it's not mandatory, but they are talking that that uh, potentially could be coming. So I just wanted to to throw that out there as we're entering the flu season, um, that you do have a way to track it until they get all the, the questions answered and figured out for the NHSN reporting requirements. Yeah. And if, as you're, um, if there's changes in your facility and um, somebody new doing the NHSN reporting and you need assistance with that, feel free to reach out and I'd be happy to um, help anybody if they're struggling and getting familiar with reporting into NHSN. Deborah, thank you for joining us again. Thank you. If you want to contact Deborah directly, you can reach her at 1-800-642-8686 and enter extension 7636. You can also email her at dwrite at qualityinsights.org. You can check out our other interviews by visiting qualityinsights.org slash qin slash multimedia.